Today is January 16th, 2022. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki, Naganago, Mekoche, Chestokom, Aki. Hi, my name is Red Thunderwoman. My English name is Michelle Robinson. I use she and her pronouns. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S. Canadian border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Siksika, Gunai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Wesley, Chiniki, and Bearspaw Nations of the Stony, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. I honour the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been so kind to me on my Red Road journey. Uh, Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name. I was born in Calgary, or a Blackfoot Mokinstis, as Michelle Elliott, an English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene, or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act and Post status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Nuts Dene. My father is so Canadian. I'm a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act and Post status card. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Tinchotine Indahe in Satu Dene, meaning many horse town, named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as a guest and honoring your role as a treaty partner. And, you know, those who listen to me know that this is a little outside of what I talk about, but I just learned, to, thanks to Twitter this week, that Calgary in sign language is two guns pointing out for Cowtown as well. So I think that's hysterical and should be a part of our welcome signs. Uh, my humblest apologies to Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous. I just share what I know as I walk my red road. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support. Thank you to previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. For those who cannot afford to give, I'd just love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or your questions. Also, giving a review helps whichever medium you're listening from. I have a YouTube channel where you can go and subscribe. You can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. And with that, I want to introduce my friend, James. James, would you like to introduce yourself in your way? My Ojibwe name in a means kind lightning or gentle lightning. And uh, I'm from Curve Lake First Nation. Uh, I currently live in the, the lands of the Lekwungen people, call that this place home, their territory home, visitor to these territories. And um, the Lekwungen people, which is the, the song used in the Esquimalt people, and called uh, Sandwich Home here on the island in Victoria, BC. What the people out here, I believe, is called Matula. It's what they refer to South Island as this area of Victoria. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's one of my favorite places on Earth, actually. Some of no, my right? best memories. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it here too. Mm. This, I think of the wedding like almost daily. So it's like I remember everybody and everything. I'm so glad you came. <laughs> I was so honored to be there, my whole family, and you know, it was such yeah. a such a beautiful ceremony. And you know, what's funny? I've uh, now that we've gone to Royal Roads for the um, wedding, I seen I see pieces of it in movies now. So like Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, like I seen it. Yeah. It's there. It's there. <laughs> That's where James was. That's where Becky was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah it's such a beautiful place and i i um yeah and and then here i am in calgary the land of the chinooks it's such a beautiful place so Mm -hmm. but i would say victoria is one of the most beautiful places on earth i've been uh, there gibson's landing um nanaimo i've actually been to the tip to go whale watching too um Mm -hmm. of vancouver island um but i spent a lot of years in uh uh, comox because they have a sea cadet camp there and we would go out to Victoria every summer um, as well and do the ceremony of the flag. So it's just, I have so many wonderful memories of that area. And it's one of the most special places on earth, I think. And actually it is number two for scuba diving, uh, the oh. West Coast. Yep. Beautiful. So yeah, so much to talk about. You had a he- heck of a week, my friend. Yeah, well, it's been a, it's been a heck of a time for a while, you know. Um... But yeah, it was a big week. It's it's you know pandemic. Everyone's kind of going through, going through everything, and um, all of us together, you know, on this kind of mass trauma that we're all that we're all dealing with. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a of all days on the tenth, and I I had no idea. I I wasn't aware. Um, I was getting messages, text messages, and. Instagram, like just or not Instagram messages, like messenger messages, and just I didn't even. And I got an email from work, and I didn't realize. Um, but yeah, it was it was a bit of a thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, I waited till the next day to really get a get a grip on what was happening, and talked to my partner, who is um, yeah, we talk about everything. We don't hold anything back from each other. Yeah. And um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know someone was going to be putting me on Twitter. I didn't know I was going to, what do you say, or blow up or go viral out here on the Twitter. Um, and I stand by every word I said. Maybe I didn't say it the right way. You know, there's a lot of f bombs and bs's and effers and all these other things. <laughs> you know, I like swear that. on my podcast. So. Oh yeah, you know, and <laughs> I realized that, and yeah. But it's time too that I start being that person that people look up to in situations. You know, be that that elder that's, you know, and um, I, I've never ever wanted to. I'm not about titles. You no, know, I'm not about being in a, a pedestal, but seeing how much. Um, how that that worked out that way was really sobering you know um but yeah i uh i said some words yeah i actually thought they were powerful um i don't uh i don't judge based on swearing um i used to but i don't anymore because i think now i understand like you know 
our voices have been silenced for so long and suppressed mm. for so long. We have every right to be angry and upset at times. And mm. especially when Sattler rubs us wrong and says okay. things like, oh, I'm doing this for you. And that was the, that was the thing, I think, that whole, because I, I was called into work and that next morning I, I'd went out and I'd smudged. Like I didn't, like I said, I didn't understand that to the point that it got to. And um, I didn't even know that there was support behind the words that I was saying or I'd said. And um, my first, I, it was the, like, I didn't take the bus to work. I ended up walking from where I smudged in the morning by the creek. I ended up walking up to work and going over my head. It's, how am I going to tell my wife I lost my job? I'm going to go and tell Becky that um, I really messed up and I lost my job, was my thought. Again, you know, we when we say our words and they're not, you know, there were so many things that I was afraid of, but knew I had, you know, there was a good chance that this was uh, all coming, crashing to an end. Mm -hmm. And... Um, they get to work and be supported. They said they did stand behind me, support me with my message. Delivery wasn't so good on their part, but only because of the, the position and the things that, that, that I do, you know, and so that was grateful. And I actually got to they asked if I wanted to see it, and I said, okay, you know, because of my police officer friend, my friend that um, worked on Sandwich, said, hey, bro, here's a link, and he sent it to me, and then the um, same with the city councilor, I said, hey, here's the link, and both of them said the same thing, just to let you know, we support everything you said, and we wish more people would stand up and say the words, but, you know, you got to work on your delivery, <laughs> you know, and it goes back to, it goes back to, you know, Mark, Mark and I, when we were first starting to hang out, and he's like, bro, he's like, I love you. He's like, I really do. He says, you know, and people, but you have to work on your delivery because people either love you or they hate you. That's just, there's no, you, you, you just put it out there. He said, no, what you're saying is the truth. And so I've never been, I just put it, just got to speak our truth or my truth or whatever they say nowadays. Um, when it comes to our people, even in the education system, it's not once that I, I've not not said my words. It's just when you say them nicely, nobody hears anything. No yeah. one, you know. And even in that, even in my meeting at work, and you know, I said, well, they should have known, you know, these protocols and things, and the and, you know, and the, the the way we are, or the way you know what I'm, the words I'm saying. They're like, oh, because that's the word you put out to the universe. I'm like, no, it's the workshop I put on for them in 2017, 2018. You know, all those ones that were in that workshop that was done through, I think it's called Dogwood, were all different, um, to my knowledge, were all different activists with all these groups taking part to come and hear this cultural way of if you're going to be doing what you're doing. You know, and only to hear that everyone's been saying these words for years and they're not listening and they don't care. 
you know, like. James, I'm really upset to hear that because I was mad watching the video knowing they didn't actually know who you were. And now to find out you had even engaged with them mm. and then and, still and, not know who you are. Like, I, and, I wish I could tell you, like, it, it shows me the tokenism. It mm. shows me the lack of it. Like, how many Indigenous hires and they can't remember our names if we have more than one. Like right. it, it just, it shows the lack of understanding the their racism, their anti-indigenous bias being mm -hmm. like thrown out there. I have a really great video from uh, City TV News that did this like, I just talked about anti-indigenous bias. Mm -hmm. And I it's right back to your point that they don't hear what you're saying mm -hmm. and they don't remember your name and they don't remember your nation like but you know i can i can recall the chief of police his name his first name his last name and the prime minister's first name and last name their title their rank and they can't remember this of you that just shows anti-indigenous bias well no absolutely and in fact like um i know that so many people say they're unemployable or they're uneducated now it's fought against us no don't say that about people but when you can't read a hoodie in a bright red that's got bright red and, and white lettering on it that says my nation that I'm standing right in front of you um, and to spin it to to your to their beliefs or their ways is just so maddening, yeah. you know, and when I didn't see those things until afterwards, you say, oh, he walked up and claimed to be from Pachadot. I would never. And as people know, me, no, no, I wouldn't do that. You would never and do then, that. Yeah. And to um, then see my place of, of employment when they said that uh, there was so much support from the words that I said you know like that was I don't know if that they put it up those people had put it up there to try and make me look bad because yeah I was angry and I was fed up and it was just like we got put off the bus and you know on the way off the bus someone saying something about natives you know because there was some there with their hand drums and we got diverted from the bus and it's just like where, where do you start arguing? Where do you start? And I don't, I don't, you know, I, I to always, you know, turn the cheek 99.9% .9 of the time. And when I talk to my partner about this, I was like, you know, even when I talked to everyone about, about this, but it was that very corner, that very corner of Burnside and Douglas, not even two months ago, I'm on my way to work. I have my backpacks. I have two backpacks that I carry, one with my bundle, one with my lunch and other stuff, and my drum bag. And I put that over top. So I have a lot of things on me. And I'm walking. And it's happened like a couple times this year, but that time, like the last time, it was just, you know, somewhere just before Christmas, you know, just before break. And um, someone yelled at me, you know, get a job, get an effing job. And I'm like, okay and i you know and they were saying like i have my earphones on so you know i'm seeing this i don't know what they're saying so i pulled it out and that's what they get and i'm like put my earphone back on whatever go to go to work sure you know and so i don't know if that part played in it as well it's like they don't deal with that white settler people that don't do anything and i'm sorry that's not doing anything um doesn't expect doesn't experience the racism that comes from that or when they pulled down the um the the statue out in front of the legislature and the local nation said you know we didn't ask you to be here. you're not this isn't you know 
we didn't condone what's going on here. And at that very point, I'm like, they, they still don't listen. You know, Becky and I for six hours stood in front of these activists and said, you need to talk to local people. You want to help. Go to the nation, sit with the nation. You need to bring oranges to the nation. You need to, to bring these other things and, and know that they're not going to accept you right away. And it's going to suck. But if you really want to do it, this is what you have to do. But for them, as pointing out that, oh, he said, he, you know, another person. People don't care if we're from Cowichan tribe. People don't look or, or if you're from Anishinaabe, you know, if you're Anishinaabe or, or Cree or Dene or, or anything. They just see Indian. And yeah. it goes back to that systemic racial stuff that we face. Get a job. You know, I was even, when I was working with a school district, with um, when I was working with school district 61, you can keep that in there, um, on my way to work one day, someone called me a wagon burner on, on, the, on the bus, on the BC transit bus, a wagon burner openly. And I just turned and I know I heard it in a movie or someone's like, well, you keep building them and I'm going to keep burning them. We're going to keep burning them. And his friends started laughing. Like people didn't start laughing at him because all of a sudden I turned the situation into something else and just walked away. It's like, whatever. And in that ugliness of Victoria, two weeks later or three or, you know, a little bit later, later on, I'm not sure exactly when, but the friend that was there that I didn't even really know, he's like, dude, he's like, my, my friend didn't say anything that day. He's like, I'm sorry. He said, but that was brilliant like he didn't know what to do we didn't know what to do mm. and I was like well <laughs> you know what do you say okay thank you you're welcome whatever right mm. but it's like that whole yeah we're accepting some kind of responsibility for it you know and even experiencing it one day when I'm at my at 7-eleven and this this dude freaks out because he thinks I want to have his bank card number and it was my payday I'm <laughs> like What's, you know, and then at Savon, and I didn't even recognize because he had this crazy um, motorcycle helmet on. But then later to have this dude go say, hey, you know what? I'm really sorry. That was a really bad moment that I had. I didn't mean these things. I was, you know, this and I'm like, who are you? Like, you know, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I was this guy at that situation. I was like, oh, yeah, it didn't. Yeah. Because if I was to let everything affect me like this, I, I would be that angry guy that, that showed up there. And that isn't me. The words, yes. You know, the frustration, absolutely. You know, and I hope that they hear the words because it, it's, and when I talked about our people, yeah, I'm including the Pachita people, but I'm including everyone because the ones that are here that are in the cities, the, the Métis people, the Cree people, the Blackfoot people, the Mohawk people, the ones that I've met here, we're the ones that still go through this racism that they don't even realize. And I'm not saying that it's the only thing that does. It's that one drop of everything else that compounds and the stuff that we have to live through every day. Yeah. You know? Actually, just to be honest, like the microaggressions every day, I talk about it and I don't think people understand the gravity of it. Like the amount of microaggressions that I hear at work and, and or on my way to work, my way home, it, mm. it's awful. And they don't, get it they don't see it they don't care and honestly the fact that you had anybody come up and apologize to you one time i mean i know that's great yeah. that's way more than i've ever experienced you know at the end of this show every show we do um cultural safety and it talks about if you're a, a bystander what to do in these situations mm -hmm. and it is clear people are not doing it you know um 
like I understand sometimes there's a safety issue to not intervene, but there's still other things you can do. And, um, you know, they, they just don't want to do it. They don't want to learn your name. They don't want to learn your nation. And they certainly don't want to learn how to properly deal with any of that. And they certainly don't understand inter intergenerational trauma. They haven't taken anti-racism training and they clearly don't care about actually dealing with the cultural sensitivity of the issue. And I feel like some days that's why we're so far apart as Indigenous to Canadians. Um, mm. It's really, really challenging. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm grateful that my family don't experience as much as I do. You know, with the brown skin, you know, my wife light skin, and my my kids are light skinned as well. And um, it's not that she hasn't, because she, she did one time over at at her mall that we go to all, all the time. And when it hit her, she's like, "Oh my god!" But she never sits in those places. Thank goodness, and she never allows me to sit in those places either. You know, that beautiful, positive love that she has that she walks around with all the time that just kind of radiates out and understand why when things like that happen it affects her in a negative way yeah i know she's a really she's a she's a gem frankly and uh you know i i know for darcy uh or my husband he's been hearing these microaggressions his entire life sometimes mm -hmm. by you know friends family um mine his others <laughs> Mm. it's constant and it's been decades of it right um because we've been together now for decades and almost going on 30 years Jeez. so i am um, it's hard when it's the family i have a hard mm. time watching um like i i at work there's a lot of anti-immigrant sentiment um mm. said to my co-workers on a regular basis and it uh by people all the time and and everyone there has a really good um you know they they say don't bring it home um but i mean it's hard watching your co-workers go through it so i imagine having our families watch us go through it has been really challenging and uh but of course it's getting harder living it <laughs> like holy i know right and even in our i'm very blessed to have the kind of support i have with the work that i'm in um, from the place that I'm at right now on many, many levels. Like, and um, when they first heard, because, you know, me coming in, they, what I experienced on my way to work, they're like, okay, well, we have a bunch of people live down there. We're going to start picking you up. And we're going to drive you up here. And, you know, you're not going to have to worry about having to deal with that stuff anymore um, because that's what they felt they could be able to do. That whole, like, we're going to help you. And I, some of the days I'm like, hey, you know, can you pick me up and run me up to the school? When I can walk up, I still do because this is hard. But those future generations aren't going to be doing what's what's going on now, and that's that's where that's where I'm at. You know, like I have mad respect for so many of those leaders out there that are fighting this system that won't change. But I've got thirty five thousand people that I've talked to that in a generation or two, this is going to change. They're not going to be doing this stuff anymore. They will do what's right because they all say it's just something they feel they feel better inside, which is what our teachings and everything is meant meant to do for us. So, you know, um, just to give that little bit of hope, 
I remember it, uh, it was Halloween and my daughter, she um, was meeting a new group of people and it was wonderful, just organically. All of these youth ask, well, what are your pronouns? What are your boundaries? And they were going to watch scary movies, but they wanted to make sure they didn't cross a boundary first. Um, and I thought, this is this is the next generation. Um, now, I think our circles are maybe a little different than outsider circles. So, um, but I mean, that that's, a, I guess, bring it back to our circle, how much healing we've had to work on and do as a community. And this is what our youth are saying to each other. And I love it. Right? And it's, there's so many of them that are doing it. You know, there's, yeah, there's healing to do, but there's so many. Our future is, we just got to hold the line. Yeah. So I don't know. It's uh, at least that's somewhat hopeful and helpful. Mm -hmm. And especially in it, and it makes us know that our work matters because I know some days it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> the days when they can't remember your name, can't remember your nation, and can't remember, um, you know, your contributions. And uh, I know you and Becky, I mean, I, just to give people background, you literally walked into our life. Um, this was your second walk across Canada. And long before we were talking about truth and reconciliation, you were walking for to release those spirits, those, those children that were still stuck in that place. And, um, you know, your leadership, you got to show my daughter. And, um, and it, to this day, she can talk about that day. We were at um, St. Paul's and St. Mary's before St. Mary's burned down. And uh, it resonated with her. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys have all definitely been a serious gift to my life and in, in my life. I'm so grateful to, to have you as my sister and my brother and my family out there. Um, it was so weird the last time you and Calgary and up being at the house. Like, I was just saying, oh my God, it's so weird. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it'll be nice just to see you guys again. Right. And, and uh, we're not unpacked, but you're welcome here anytime. And I'm so excited to have you back. And we're going to work harder at, uh, so since we've been home every full moon, we have a fire. Uh, tomorrow night is the fire. Uh, tomorrow's Monday. Yep. Tomorrow we'll have another fire, sacred fire. And uh, we open it up to community because it's, there's a lot of uh, urban indigenous that, you know, believe in burning their hair, believe in burning um, certain items and uh, they don't have a place for it, but we're lucky enough to have that place. So uh, those are things that we can do, we will do, should do. And it's good for our soul too. Um, biggest thing I've been learning is to try to let go of um, some of the traumas that we've all collectively had to deal with because of this stupid pandemic. <laughs> so I, um, I don't know. I hope you know how, how positive of an influence you and Becky have been in our life. And, um, you know, even this incident, like I just want to give you all of the accolades for saying exactly what I feel like I would have said at that time. And everybody would have said, oh, it's just another angry um, woman, but I don't care. You said exactly what they needed to hear because I see them on Twitter. I have to block people every day on Twitter, social medias, because they just are here to gaslight. Um, mm. I had a, a white woman reporter talk about how, hey folks, just remember that every time they talk about these at-home kits, 
they're they're saying 10 million but they're because there's five in each one there's only two million kids so she said be careful of the language you're you're reading or, or hearing because there are they saying two million kids or are they saying 10 million um tests because there is a huge difference depending on whether or not if we have over four million uh albertans and there's only two million kids like do you see the problem Right, and these are conversations that she was trying to engage with. And right away, when I um, reposted that, there was a man, white man. Oh well, you know, is this really uh, a thing? Can we really trust this? So I just point blank asked him: Is it because you don't trust it being on a native woman's site, or is it because you don't trust white women? What is it? And I didn't even mention she was a reporter. It was just the point that people go out of their way to gaslight. And it's like they mm -hmm. they think they're allies. They're following me to try to learn about natives, but they clearly don't listen to the podcast in any capacity. And they don't implement any of the cultural teachings that we give, um, including how to be a, a good ally, the standby, uh stand bystander um teachings. None of it. I mean, I've given them for almost 200 episodes now. It's not resonating with folks who are committed to misunderstanding us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Needing to be the ones to come in and save us because obviously we don't know what we're talking about. You know, I give them and the tools. And I tell them you got the 1996 Royal Commission report, mm -hmm. you have the TRC, like volumes of it, you have the inquiry, you have work to do. What mm -hmm. does that mean to you? Like, I, I actually was going to go into counseling prior to uh, what happened with Darcy losing his job because I have so much anger and rage from the mm -hmm. gaslighting from so-called allies who clearly didn't read the TRC. You can't read the smallest condensed piece of it without seeing that there are missing children and burial sites. Mm -hmm. So their collective pearl clutching, I just want to punch people in the face, James. So I, I know I have to work on that. That is something I need to do for me. So counseling is something that I'm going to be focusing on. Um, but I, I, I know this is nothing compared to what my mom went through, what my grandma went through, what my grandpa went through, what my great grandparents went through, my aunts, my uncles, even my cousin still goes through. So frustrating. Um, but you know, all we can do is support each other, work with each other. And of course, our youth, I'm looking over at my daughter's door, uh, you know, they, her happiness, her, her teaching, her understanding, I just feel like she's so much more further evolved than I, I am. So, mm -hmm. you know, that gives me hope, that's for sure. I know, um, and I love, um, I love Sammy, I love, you know, I love our youth, I love that it, that it is getting that it is going to be better because they they know and um a lot of people didn't realize that after my walk in 2014 for the awareness of the babies that hadn't come home yet as i had afraid you know um walking for the survivors and the little ones that, and the family that never made it home um i visited i don't know how many schools like you know starting in mission there was like so many of these residential schools and then hearing so many of the ones that you know had burned down and there's no records there's none of these things but this is where it was and so there's still those babies and those those ones need to come home too you know like they need to be found in those old sites and so i'd felt honestly like a 
like a failure when I got in, you know, um, I felt like, you know, I didn't accomplish anything, you know, except, you know, there was a few of the, these lights and these spirits I felt like at home, but there was, I just felt like there was, I knew there were so many more and there was so much more to come out. So even though, you know, babies were found last year, I'm so sad and happy at the same time, you know, because, okay, now it's coming out and the work, you know, and when I was approached by the, by one of the media, like, you know, why did you do this? I'm like, well, you know, did you do it because you want to be famous on Twitter? I'm like, I don't want to be famous about anything. You know, like I, I've done things, people, you know, and it's just because it has to, because it just needs to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. um, well, honestly, James, September 30th, like every single indigenous person should be going to a grave site and mm -hmm. praying. And because of your leadership, every time I'm at one, I lay tobacco and I give that prayer, that idea, that intention of knowing you're here and that I still have work to do until every voice, not just has been found and properly named, but is crossed over. You know, that's a lot of um, responsibility that I think every one of us carries that we need to work on. And I, you taught me that. You taught Samantha that with your leadership. I, it's true. Yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to discuss today? Um, I don't know, I just, um, I think the big thing for me was just, you know, putting it out there that, yeah, you know, I, I won't say I'm from somewhere else because I, I usually just, well, I always just stand by the words. People see me on, on Facebook or, you know, that's who you get in real life too. I might be a little bit nervous and shy at first, but once you see me, you know, I'm crazier. I'm going to be an elder, but I might be one of those bad ones, you know, just doesn't behave, kind of misbehaving. Um, last year when uh, we're at the last big conference or outing event that they've had here on the, on the West Coast, the Gathering of Wisdom uh, Elders Conference, which was our healers conference. It, it was great to be asked by um, the chiefs and executive health directors that knew us, that knew Becky and I, that did, we did all the, all this work. And, you know, I was, I was excited and, and kind of shy and stuff. And um, this one young girl, who was like these youth that were looking after spring and saying, she just turned around, she says, Grandpa, behave yourself. <laughs> I just sat there and I was at a like, okay, all right. That's so funny. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I. Like, there, was, there was a grandma that was sitting beside me. And, you know, I was, because Becky and I, like, I'm, we're young, you know, my, my, my Becky, she owns that and she is very, very much, you know, that elder, perfect, beautiful person. And um, so <laughs> when that when that grandma had said to me, she's like, you need to sit here and, and, and receive this. She's like, you don't realize you came into my community. You brushed my family. You brushed, you know, we were going through this and you and your wife were there. She's like, of course, you're she's a grandpa. Just enjoy this. <laughs> and she was a grandma. Like, she was a grandma. I was like, yeah. Oh. But yeah, oh, that's cute. Yeah, no, I I think it's great. I can't believe how loving and beautiful our people are across Turtle Island. Um, the Blackfoot. I want to pull my finger, kind of grandpa. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Have you been watching that uh, Reservation Dogs? I haven't seen it yet. I totally want to. I totally want to hear. I hear good things about it, but uh... it is great. And and you know, I think of um, back to the youth. Like they have representation that we never had. Um, I just shared this uh, article, and it was talking about uh, Boba Fett, and uh, he was saying that when he was working with Jason Momoa, it was actually one of his very first roles that he did that inspired Jason Momoa. And I just think, you know, these kids now, they have so many great, you know, uncles, aunties, um, cousins that are on the big screen all the time. Uh, and I'm so happy for them. And that reservation is dog. It's, it's such a great show. I was sad yeah. it didn't win any. I think they're Emmys um, when they're TV shows. But anyway, they've won all the awards in my my world. <laughs> oh, no, no, here, here. And everyone says so much great things, but we're we're totally gonna we're totally gonna watch it eventually. Oh, so good. And I just enjoyed it because I thought, you know, my daughter can finally just kind of see herself a little more in this. And, you know, it, it's such a different, uh, oh, there was, there's two other ones that we had watched. And one of them was a, a casino one in the States. God, if I could remember it, Rutherford Falls. That's oh, heard, yes. so funny. So you know, they have the dumb white guy who's like the town founder's great great grandson or something, and they're taking down the statues, and it's just comic. Like it's it's just so funny. And then okay. there's uh, Tall Boys. Um, so that was uh, Bruce Mc uh, Bruce McCormick. Mc oh shoot, I can't believe I'm. You know, this trauma has made my brain just go foggy. Anyway. Bruce McCullough, there we go. The Calgarian from Kids in the Hall. He oh, founded, yes. Yeah, he made um, Tall Boys. And I mean, it's mainly racialized people, including a native. And like, it's just funny to watch us be who we are on screen. And, uh, and uh, there's one uncle on Reservation Dogs, so funny. But he talks, like, just brushes the conversation about MMIW. And I... Mm. I know settlers don't care, but you know, for me, what it what it did was it showed the pain without mm -hmm. having to everybody break down in tears and cry it out. Like it, it's just it's the pain is so there, it's so raw and so emotional, and we keep it over here. Mm -hmm. And it and they showed that on the show like that. And that's the stuff right. I want to see more of because maybe more more Canadians will get it. I don't know, but um you know they... that's the thing that's the thing is what i what i hope for and i know that you know we've to have that young man that's missing out here um bear henry kevin yeah. um who had come to our i don't know more um events when when it was happening and uh said he was very much inspired by the way we were doing things you know and it's it hit home and uh they could even with search and rescue right here it's called search you know they go well we don't know where to go and yet you know you look in the, in, in the thing today is like oh there's this man that's missing from vancouver island white fella you know there's all these things and this is what's going on everyone go look everyone go look if search and rescue don't know where to go aren't you supposed to go search Right. Isn't that isn't that part of searching is looking like? I know their anti-indigenous bias is so strong. 
I yeah. think when and Colton went missing, it was the same time as that young boy and the grandparents went missing. And the mm -hmm. Calgary police went all the way to Mexico to try to investigate the possibility of finding these guys, but they wouldn't even publish about Colton. It's it's just black and white, night and day different. Um, you know, I it's so hard because you see it all the time, and, and it uh, you know you talk about the trauma of just riding transit. Like I, there's a young two spirit. Um, who is working on getting rehomed with their with their pupper. And I've been sharing that, hoping that people will donate. And I don't know. Um, anyway, you know, they were gonna come pick me up at the bus or at the C train station. And I'm like, no, don't just stay home because this the C train station that I get off and on is where the Calgary police murder our people, black, like it just all the time. Uh, we just did the one year anniversary of um Sunny Crazy Bull. Is like he's in police custody for 90 minutes and then he's dead, and they still have no answers. Um, so it's really hard. I uh, the it's night and day different. Um, how they report a settler missing or report a settler death compared to us. It's hard, absolutely. So I feel you, and I'm sad to hear this. Um, that this is happening still, despite the inquiry, despite the TRC, despite the, mm. you know, all of the reports that we've given, all the so-called conversation on reconciliation. Jesus, I have this one police force, I won't name them right now. They've been over here emailing me, we're going to take a land acknowledgement teaching, we're going to take it. They still haven't taken it, they still don't have land acknowledgement up. And that's nothing in the bigger picture of what they need to do and implement for their anti-racism training and calls to justice and calls to action. Um, so, but you just have to keep pushing them. And I mean, if, if that's my responsibility for the rest of my life, that's something I'll happily do. I, um, I, can't, I can't believe we're here talking to each other, James. And that's kind of the gravity of why this podcast matters is because our voices have been silent, oh, um, silenced, I and, should and say. Even though, like, even yeah. though that stuff out, out here on the island is the way it is, there there is so much good things, you know, like like you said, you know, we've, I've never had, I never even would ever expect anybody to come to apologize for being there the way they were here. The other thing is knowing that there's so many police forces out there that treat us the way they do, not that they're any means perfect out here, but um, I had the sandwich, um police officers, why I'm very connected to them or why they respect me is they came in a way when I was in ceremony and so they sat and they listened they listened to the hardness they took in the goodness and they came every time um I I, I could go say I'm going to have fire right now at the ocean and they would be there to bring wood which is which is a big thing um and they would sit there and be ready and I, I keep telling you guys don't realize no one else is doing what you guys are trying to do right here and this is encouraging it's just like that that pebble we're throwing out you know that that's going to ripple across here I said because not all of you are going to stay here in community policing someone's going to go sit with that red and all of a sudden now you can't unlearn what you're learning right here I said those responsibilities that you want to take because you're sitting right here in this space and um when I had this young native girl from back home, Nishnabak from back home, Nishnabak back, um, Donna, she's daughter. Um, 
when she saw the police officers coming, she started to get very angst. And I was like, it's okay. And she's like, no, no. So they're, I'm like, they're okay. And she's like, do they have wood? And I'm like, yeah, they're bringing wood for the sacred fire. And she was like, oh my God. And then it took her to a place of hope. You know, that it's not always going to be, we're not always going to be dragged down and shot and beat down. Um, that there's hope. If they can do this, others can as well. You know, um, if we they can. We have a couple out here that are okay, like uh, mm -hmm. that are actually native. So, you know, they're trying in their diversity team, but mm -hmm. it's hard because, you know, so District 4 is where that C train is and where I live is in mm -hmm. District 4. And not all of them have, I'll, I'll never forget being mistreated by some of them actually. Oh, no, and, absolutely. Uh, we, yeah. we and, and it's hard. The, so, you know, like I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's it's not going to be easy, you know. They're not. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot, There's but we're working on it. I wish settlers understood when they accuse us of not having jobs that not only do we have to work, but we have to try to build these relationships with people who don't want to build them, and then we try to build relationships with people who do want to build them and it's hard mm. and i mean settlers aren't expected to go make friends with people they don't like but mm. we are expected to make friends with the very oppressors that have committed genocide on our people mm. and I, I just wanted to say that because if there is a chance that any of those folks are watching this podcast from start to finish i hope they understand the privilege that they come from that they don't mm. understand they have and and that was the thing too. They they got 35, 35 seconds of that Twitter, but there was like two minutes of of you know kind of you don't experience what we go through. You know, when when I say you're sitting here and that young man's lost up there, you could be up there doing these things, but you you don't because you want to be here in front of a camera on on a on a, on a newspaper. You know, and that's not that's not being an ally. You know, human lives are and I I said human lives are worth more than a tree. You know. Um, I was going to say effing tree, but I thought, no, I better not. I already dropped way too many apps. So I was like, okay, call. Cool. We'll speak up with that. Um, and two, I think if I would have thought of my family more and the position that I'm in and the things that I do, I maybe wouldn't have used so many apps. Um, but it was, it was it. There, 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 there was just. I don't know, James, I'll never be upset with you about that because that bigger picture of, you know, they, <laughs> they don't understand the frustration. They don't put up with the daily microaggressions. They don't put up with having to heal, heal from intergenerational hurt. You know, they just, they don't understand. And they don't understand the microaggressions of just getting from point A to point B. And I just hope you know from the deepest part of my soul, I believe 100% in every word you said in every F-bomb, because I know we can never placate those who two races. We can't. They um, will see us as angry, no matter how gently we say it. So I could never, you know, look down on the way you spoke to them because I speak that way to some settlers and I don't worry about it. Now, maybe it's because I'm from Alberta um, and in Alberta, we're, I don't know, 
so disrespectful. Like I, I, and when I say that, I mean, I remember in high school, how we greeted each other was with F-bombs and middle fingers. And, um, you know, when I see the, the younger generations like hug each other, high five and say kind things to each other, I'm like, wow, that was not my friend's group. Um, you know, and these were white people that I was with, right? So I don't know, it, I just, it, it's just that it's, there's a sense of violence here in Alberta that I just think I would get away with it better because I'm in Alberta. Um, not that it makes it right. No, I, I hear you. And it's, um, it's like that everywhere. You know, walking across the country, I got to see the good and the bad, you know, and no one really got to hear about the bad, which was okay, because it wasn't what I was going out there for. But it was like, um, yeah. Wow. This in a, in a weird way too, has kind of shown me that there are good people out there. You know, again, you know, that uh, some are ready and with every with every settler that they call woke or wakes up or understands, it's like, okay, great. You know, and even when, even, even in spaces when I'm saying my words and sharing teachings, it's like you start at eight o'clock in the morning and then it's like, you know, it's then my coworkers. And if I don't go out and get my lunch, I'm talking like nine and a half hours straight and I get home like holy I just feel like wiped out like just drained and Exhaustion. well and I, I hope the um folks who took that video understand the gravity of the amount of pain and suffering it caused not just you internally with the idea that you might lose your job but that bigger picture of how it affects your community and thank goodness mm -hmm. your work was very supportive and I'm really happy to hear that um, so I just hope you know how much we love and support you and, um, and do anything in our power for you every time. Well, I, I thank you. You know, you guys, you guys kept us from starving on more than one occasion and I can't even begin to repay you for those beautiful things. I just love you both and miss you all so much. Like, but yeah, we'll be able to travel again soon and then be good. Right. This is the last, this is the last 16 or 18 months of this and it will get better, you know, right. um, it will. I've been praying every, every day since prior to the pandemic. Um, yeah, which that was a whole craziness too. Um, it was funny the day after that happened, um, not the day after, but um, a while after that incident happened a while back with the whole hate stuff that went on at the mall from the taxi driver. Mm. The police called me that day when they said, um, or the district attorney had reached out. I said, oh, we're not going to go forward with the charges and that and that. I thought, do I go off on this? And, you know, but I just like, no, because that same day, that person down east um, was let go from drunk driving. They killed one of our people. I'm like, it's just one of those days. You know, my trauma isn't any less than what's going on but down there. But this is one thing I can like, yeah, just, just breathe through it. Mm. Breathe. Yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for all, like, this is why I, I don't understand how they don't know who you are. Mm. I mean, you've been in interviews, you've been in, in articles, you've been doing teachings, you are so well respected. Um, all your work in Idle No More, one of my favorite moments ever was you with that sign behind Prince Charles. That was epic. Um, and that whole thing in, in Winnipeg that day, that was so 
Yeah. So amazing. I could have went to a sweat that day. They're like, hey, we got this big ceremony, but Prince Charles is down here and Harper's down. I'm like, oh, let's go down there. <laughs> and the grandmas, yeah, it was it was perfect. It was, yeah, I love that. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So know that you're inspiring us. And I'm going to do my exit. You are more than welcome to chime into it and uh, add your two cents as I go through it, because I, I'm just grateful you came on. So thank you for always, James, for everything you do today and forever. Uh, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. I'm proud this podcast has given solutions and continued included cultural safety training, cultural first aid, and all of them to create a safer space for Indigenous people of color, those with a disability, and LGBTQ2 plus to speak. Thank you to authors Cheryl Ward, Chelsea Branch, and Alicia Fridkin of heretohelp.ec.ca of what is Indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it as a resource. Their work and those cultural action tools I've said over 100 times in my podcast, so please support Indigenous work like that as part of your reconciliation work and settlers' understanding. I'm just lucky enough to highlight and repeat them here. Internalized racism and lateral violence is another form of violence Indigenous and marginalized folks experience by the structure of racism imposed on these lands. Uh, RacialEquityTools.org uh, racial has tons of different resources, including what is internalized racism. So if you are a brown person, Asian, Indigenous, um, even women, like internalized sexism is a problem as well. And Donna Bevins has tons of resources at racialequitytools.org to help us all trying to unpack that so that we don't end up being our own oppressors to each other. Uh, do's and don'ts uh, for bystander intervention by American Friends Service Committee. There's so many resources out there, but this one in particular helps people. So someone like myself who would see that maybe a woman with a hijab being uh, inappropriately harassed, how to de-escalate that situation. If you see or experience racism here in, in Alberta, you can go to actandracism.ca or text 587-507-3838 and they will bring you right to their website. Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, and public hearings just so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words, honor the treaties, listen to politicians and their policies and platforms, if they don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with gender equity plus, if they're cutting violence prevention programs and services, indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disabilities, know that your vote to that party, that person directly negatively impacts marginalized people. Demand they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, the recommendation of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples the multiple reports on child welfare reform, violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit. Denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational, justice, and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same thing. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. And if they don't understand Colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism, they literally have zero business running. This should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, sports clubs, etc. A really great article I said was uh, Truth Before Truth, how non-Indigenous Canadians become allies. There are literally so many more articles as well now available. 
So there's really no excuses. If you're experiencing emotional distress after hearing anything we talked about and you're Indigenous, you want to talk, call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It's toll-free and open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, if you go to their website, hopeforwellness.ca, there's a text option as well. If more related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit, you can call 844-413-6649. It is also a national toll-free 24-hour crisis line to give support about relating to these issues. Now for non-Indigenous, there are distress center lines in your area and usually even a functioning 211. But if those are not available to you, you can call 833-456-4566. For Indigenous dealing with 60 scoops uh, issues, there's the 60 Scoop Indigenous Society of Alberta at ssisa.ca. And if you go to hashtag survivor driven, you can see that as well. For a lot of our LGBTQ2+, uh, the Trevor Project and uh, lifevoice.ca has tons of supports from an LGBT youth line to a trans life line and for youth as well. Um, kids help phone 1-800-668-6868. Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast, to speak freely without interruption, tone police, leadership shaming, gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinion, but sure want to tell us theirs, even though they've controlled the narrative for years. Uh, this is a chance for us to tell our stories and give us the representation that we should be having anyway. <sighs> Internal external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people. I want to say thank you to my ancestors, my granny, my mom of what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt. My stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. Just through her, I'm a second generation proud Calgarian, but I highly recommend nobody identify as a native Calgarian unless you're Indigenous. Thank you to my husband Darcy for producing and editing the show. On top of being my husband, my childhood friend and the father of our child, he has supported my journey down the red road and has witnessed decades of racism and sexism. And to our child, who we are blessed to learn from every day, we are so honored you chose us. Give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. My hope is my daughter, my family will be proud in the future of us discussing these present day issues. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and you can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or questions. We also have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe and you can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts. And I wanna end with side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not your dish. My beautiful cousin would respond or you'd be in my dish. Thank you for listening. Is that it? Are we out? Or are we still on?